PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. Welcome to episode 411 of Cinema Crespediso. I'm your host, Chris Crespo, chilling out in the studio with Drew Stokogman. Drew Stokogman. What up, dude? How you doing, dude? Doing. Uh, I spent our Patreon monies on studio lighting. Saw it. You now, <laughs> as I look at you now, you now have a cool uh, purplish glow on no. the right side of your face, you, left side of your face. You really don't. I think I think it's because you have so much other lighting on you between the the ceiling and then the yeah. the halo of other bullshit. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of lighting going on. That one's also a little blocked by that. It's a little, yeah, mm. we'll, fi- we'll figure it out. I'm still dialing it in the Tiny. angles and whatnot. But yeah, pretty soon this place is going to be sexy. Club Crespo. Yes. <laughs> uh, get some sort of neon signage, like a cursive. I mean, I mean, I mean, our logos already. I mean, we already covered the wall. With as much random bullshit as we could, now you're adding strange lighting and whatnot. Like it's gonna be it's like, what else can I do? Now, now yeah. I have to light the walls. <laughs> <laughs> walls are finally covered. Now I light them. Now you light them. Uh, the door has some space. We can put something on there. Maybe, yeah, whatever you want. Okay, guys. So that's uh, interior Crespediso with Chris and Drew. Uh, how does how does the lighting improve the audio of the show? Well, <laughs> obviously, it makes us feel cooler, more relaxed. More in the groove, so that's uh, that particular investment made this Taking week. Taking care of, good job. Taking care of, thank you. Self care is important, Drew. Mm-hmm. It's very important. All right, so we have a decent amount to talk about. We're going to go ahead and jump right into it. We saw the new mutants on Redbox. Yes, Redbox got it at the Redbox. What was that? Two dollars. Two dollars. Blu-ray. A dollar eighty for DVD. So gotcha. I'll, I'll pay the extra twenty cents. Gotcha, gotcha. Two dollars on the Blu-rays. An hour and twenty-seven minutes, mm-hmm. and uh, so barely a movie. Yes, just just made it. Well, I mean, there's barely a story under the wire. Well, it's, it's barely a lot of things, Chris. It is barely a lot. Of things. <laughs> it's weird. Barely. What is get this? it? Ba- oh, get it? Demon barely. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's start. First, first off, take a shot every time they say "demon bear." <laughs> I, I don't think they do. I think that was they me. say it a bunch. What are you talking about? I thought that was me the whole time, just asking, "Where's the demon bear? No, Where's the demon bear?" By the end, that was a demon bear. By the end, once demon bear oh, becomes yeah. a thing, actually, no. Yeah, you're right. Because 
Ilyana keeps saying demon bear, demon bear. Or, demon in, bear in her yes. best Boris Natasha voice. Yeah, what's up with that? Uh, <laughs> Straight up Rocky Bullwinkle. I'm an Anya Taylor. Maybe she knows someone who speaks like that. She's like, that's the way my neighbor speaks. Your, your neighbor's been faking it for years. <laughs> She's not a real Russian. Uh, okay, uh, this movie, it took two, or it took years to make it and release it. Started production, I think, in 20... 18 was supposed to come out early, late 2018, got pushed to 2019, then the end of 2019, then early 2020, April, COVID, pushed to August, finally came out at the end of August, no one saw it because everyone was scared to go to theaters, plus the reviews are so bad. Mm-hmm. I remember when we went to go see Tenet, right? The trailer for New Mutants. No, 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 no. New Mutants was playing in the auditorium oh, directly across the way, and we were heading to Tenet, and then two dudes uh, with masks were walking into New Mutants. And you're oh. just like, what are you, what, what are you w- doing? Wrong movie, dude. Like, why? <laughs> you're supposed to make a right. You went left. That's bad. Mm. Maybe they loved it. Maybe they did. Maybe they loved, um, maybe they loved Energy Sword Arm. Metal sword arm. Yes. Maybe they love... Soul sword. Maybe they love the smoke monster bear. Smoke... I mean, demon bear was awesome. Demon bear face and claws and some of the things it was doing was pretty awesome. Yeah. I didn't like that it... it it's, it tur- it's mostly like a smoke monster effect. Yeah. Uh, that reminds me of Green Lantern's mm-hmm. uh, fear doo-doo monster. That thing was straight yeah. up looked like... Yeah, dude. It, yeah, like, yeah. It's a it, doo-doo cloud! It, it, was, it was basically the Langoliers all over again. It was the Langoliers. <laughs> uh, but somehow... Even more formless, like Jesus. And there's another movie where the big bad guy at the end was just oh, um, Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer. Galactus, Galactus was just a big cloud of whatever. Just a big fucking cloud. Yeah. Uh, uh, the day the Earth stood still remake. The end of the world coming in the form of a nanotech cloud, such so as a big old cloud. I mean, you can do it right. They yeah, they did it right with Dormammu. Just the giant face in fucking uh, yes in Doctor Strange. Was there a cloud element when I there, th- there you, was because it, it it was it was pulsating mm, different yeah. colors yeah, with yeah, the yeah. lines. You're right because uh, but when you say Dormammu, I think of the face, yeah. the giant face. But you're right, they did it right there. Pro- probably because it is set more astrally, so it can be more like ooh ephemeral, as opposed to it feels like something cheap when you do it, mm. like set in a. A more life city like setting, or in this case, a what? What was that? A, it was a, a, a countryside boarding school. I mean, not really a boarding school, more of like a hospital, an, an asylum of sorts, an asylum of some sort. So these young teens are in a teenish young twenties. They're in a hospital where they're being told that they're being uh, tested and checked out, so they can be passed on to the uh, to. To the superior, superior. who's superior? <laughs> which you're all like, are they talking about Professor X and the X Men? But really, they talk about the uh, 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 Mr. Sinister, Mr. Sinister and SX Core. Which, know. even knowing that, that goes nowhere. Yeah, that's just like yep. that's just that, that is just fan service. Yeah, kind of sprinkle like, oh no, we are in the X Men universe. Guys. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they could have just renamed the characters and, and would have been a totally not an X Men movie, but yeah. just by yeah, oh, we live in the same universe. It's like in Deadpool when they go to. Uh, X Mansion, and they open a door, and they're all behind a door, but then they close it, so they nope. don't. Deadpool is the same thing. <laughs> no, we're not in this movie. We're not, we're not here. Nope, not us. You guys are on your own. <laughs> Screw you. You're off. On. Uh, so Josh Boone is the director. He did The Fault in Our Stars. Remember that mm-hmm, one? Mm-hmm. I mean, not that not that you saw it, but that was uh, Shailene Woodley. Yeah, the, the Cancer Love movie. Uh, yes, the Cancer Love movie. He cut his teeth 
And that's it. He doesn't have a string of indies or other things behind that. He did a short film or something. He did that movie. It was a hit. Then they gave him fucking The New Mutants, where he was like, I'm going to go sort of uh, horror with it. But really, it's like horror young adult. I mean, yeah, yes, it, it's young adult horror, but the, at the end, the horror is just a fucking mutant power anyway. So it, is it even horror? It's not even. It it was supposed to be, I remember how it was marketed briefly yeah. as like a scary movie with the with thrills. And, yeah, and, 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 and it just happened to have mutants as the characters. But, so, that, but that's so, not what it is, though. So every once in a while, you might get a cool power or two. Yeah, not, but that's not really what it is. No, though. it's, not, it's not what it is at all. And uh, it's, there's, it's this weird wannabe origin young adult love story coming of age finding yourself yeah bullshit it's like expect this scene uh where like some guys are hanging out in the hallway uh playing with the wheelchair while two girls cut the two girls dancing around with tambourines and all set to some sort of pop song no. like why is this happening in the mm-hmm. middle of this movie no because it, it fits a genre <laughs> but what's that genre <laughs> Young adult novel adaptation? Yeah, I mean, some sort of fan fiction? It feels like a weird... like Yeah, it feels like uh, um, how Fifty Shades came out of Twilight. Mm. Like someone read X-Men and was like, Ooh, what can I write for... Uh, like a fake X-Men movie, but it's for young teens. That's what that's what it feels like. And instead of a mutant, it probably had a werewolf. Yes. <laughs> but, but then they just keep the werewolf. Why not? That's a mutant. That's a, that's a mutation. <laughs> that's a mutant power. Right? That's a, a werewolf, werewolfism. Uh, a werewolfy. We had a werewolf. We had an energy guy. Sunspot. Sunspot was uh, so he's Heat Man. Yep. Yep. And then we got a, a metal arm sword lady from yes. our, from Russia. Uh huh. From Russia. I, I drink my vodka. Yep. Mystique is her uh, canon name. Okay. So M- Mystique. No, not Mystique. No, not Mystique. No. What the fuck? What? What? What are they? say that because it begins with an m i think you're right is it magic magic m-a-g-i-k because they they, they allude to it they said magic at one well point. no well no someone's like he's magic no someone said the bear's magic and she said so am i she's magic. <laughs> i like some of the bear stuff i mean i thought the character design of magic was cool her giant fucking arm her soul sword they had a couple cool they, shots of they, it they, Unfurling. Yeah, they brought in Lockheed from Excalibur for some weird reason. That is that the dragon? Yeah, the well, dragon. So most Lockheed. most of the movie, she has a little puppet, hand puppet dragon. That's that's like, oh, she's a broken person. Uh, but then at the end, it, the dragon becomes real dragon for a tiny little real dragon. That was that was cool. Was like, awesome. oh, look at cool real dragon. Yeah. What if we had this more the movie? It would have been a little more enjoyable. In the comic books, the little dragon uh, likes to smoke cigars and get drunk with Wolverine. See, now that's cool. <laughs> I would have liked to seen something like that. That is cool. Did we get that in this movie? No. We got Pam Puppet. Not even as good as uh, Mel Gibson in the Beaver Hand yeah, Puppet. No. Like she even tried it hard to nope. make the puppet do the. It was weird. It was a strange movie. She's a good actress, but I feel like, I don't know, she could have... The accent, again, the accent, the accent was and, way thick, but, I mean, the last, like, 15, like, the action scene where she actually fought the bear, that was probably the best part of the whole movie. Yeah, that was good. It, it does end on a high note in terms of action. And I did like their weird tall man, pale man knockoff. Thing, yeah. yeah. The eyeless thing, yeah, that was clearly CG. Yeah, oh yeah, hundred percent. Like, never felt like they were they were in the same room with these things, but the design was kind of cool. Yeah. And uh, they had all the fun Russian mafia tattoos on them. Yes, 
I was yes. I was like, so what are they alluding to? Like, like obviously the <laughs> child trafficking, right? Yes. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Woof. Yeah, I don't know about this movie. <laughs> I can see why people are like, this, yeah, this isn't very good. No, it was not very good. Well, the, the thing is, like, you, because we're following Morningstar, whatever, mm. whoever her, she is, the, 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 the yeah, American Arlie, the demon Arlie, bear. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as cool as the demon bear is, our lead mutant is not a lead in any way shape or form she is a forgettable character no and she's also like everyone's like what's your power i don't know like that's an hour of the movie it's like oh my god <laughs> and yes she she's just not a strong enough character no. i appreciate the centering of uh some sort of native americanness mm-hmm. and uh almost throwing a bone to to cultural representation uh so it's a bummer it's in something so weak and, yeah. and it's such a blah bad, bad yeah, yeah blah version bad version of it adam beach shows up yeah, all yes. movie i was like what's his name beach, beach, beach. <laughs> what's his name and then at the end when he pops up again I'm like adam <laughs> beach that son of a beach i got to him now in my sights but so if you're an X-Men completist and you want to see the final Fox-produced, Simon Kinberg-produced X-Men it movie, is... it exists. You can finally see it. Yeah, <laughs> and, I mean, and unfortunately, it's on par with the majority of the X-Men movies. I mean, let's rank them from... Let's rank the bottom. The bottoms would be our contenders for the worst of the X-Men movies, X-Men Last Stand, X-Men Origins Wolverine, well, I X-Men mean, Apocalypse, we, we, and Dark we, Phoenix. Yeah, I was about to say, we've got the, the, the one-two punch of the Dark Phoenix saga. Yeah. We're going to try it first off. We're gonna try it better now. No, uh, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah, X Men Wolverine's or, or the, Origins Wolverine is definitely at the bottom of the barrel. So bad. Uh, and then Apocalypse was you know so what? boring. I, I mean, as boring as Apocalypse, Apocalypse was better than this. I think so. I believe so. I believe it was better because the worst thing about Apocalypse is that it was boring and forgettable. It yeah. never got ridiculous. Uh, and remembering. Yeah. yeah where, or, it's, or, where it's like, oh my God, can you believe they did this crazy bullshit? Like, what is happening? <laughs> Why are they doing this? Yeah, some of those movies are... So, X-Men Origins Wolverine, bottom, bottom, bottom. Yeah, the bottom. Right? Of, yeah. Bottom of the barrel. Yeah. His claws were like worst. Roger Rabbit cartoon yeah. claws. Yeah. They were crazy looking. Yeah. Even his hair was bad. And they even messed up Deadpool. Oh my God! They, they I messed mean, up Deadpool. They, they cast the right person. They even and, cast the right person. And and fucked it all up. Still <laughs> fucked it up. So terrible. I think was Ray Park the Deadpool stunt double at the end. I don't know. Possibly, I can't recall. So that's the bottom, and then we got our Dark Phoenixes, and then New Mutants. It, it's and, all and, kind and, of just in that bottom pool. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. Where you just kind of stir it in, and whatever comes up is like, okay, so this one's the worst today. Man, and that's almost half of them. Mm-hmm. 20 years of X Men movies, <laughs> and that is not a great record. That's pretty wild, and yet we've seen them all. Yes. At this point now, we've seen them all. Unfortunately. There we go. So, New Mutants. No Mutants. More like the No Mutants. Is that the title of the episode? We'll see. Oh, I might be. I'm feeling pretty lazy today. <laughs> On Hulu, I watched this movie that just came out called Run. Uh, I wanted to, there's so many things I wanted to watch, but uh, I was like, I need to I need to work on my hundo. I need mm-hmm. some hundo movies, so I put on Run. It's also only an hour and a half, and I, I definitely slept through like the last twenty minutes, but still. <laughs> 
So, so it got at least one sleep from Crespo. Here we go. Well, you know what? On the uh, forget that yo scale, unfortunately, you got one sleep. But that that it's, it was a long ass day. Mm. Drinking. I was drinking. I was drinking. And um, mm. <coughs> excuse me. So this movie is about a young woman. She's uh, about seventeen, eighteen years old. If we went to her mom, a single mom, played by Sarah Paulson, she's in a wheelchair. Movie starts with a a rough birth, like a, a little baby that the doctors are like swarmed over, trying to make sure that she's uh, she's going to live. Uh, and then the movie starts with the, the movie made me sit up with the opening credits, Drew. I'll say this because they did an interesting thing with the just how it comes up on screen, like a, a Hulu original, because it was meant for theaters, but then it got sold to mm-hmm. Hulu, so now it's quote a Hulu original just because they bought it. But the opening credits, a Hulu original, uh, a something, whatever, production. There was, like, just an interesting little bit of sound design and the way the texts were on the screen and then disappeared with the sound design. It's very simple, but it was a choice. Like, right off the bat, this movie was making a choice with just the opening credits. And I was like, oh, all right. So this isn't just going to be, hopefully, not just some sort of by-the-numbers uh, filler-type movie. Mm-hmm. And then when I looked it up online, I was like, oh, yeah, it's the director of Searching, oh. that uh, the, 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 the heads-up screen yeah. movie with John Cho. Yeah, the, one, the one that you said was good. It's like the one. If you're going <laughs> to watch this fucking genre, it's like, oh, wow, this is actually compelling. <laughs> it has a full-on um, up opening sequence to like design to like here's the family and now someone dies no. and you're like no I'm so sad movie <laughs> uh, so this movie <clears throat> is mostly about this girl who she's getting ready to go to college uh, she's in a wheelchair and uh, she's an asthmatic she has all these issues but she you know she's grown up she's becoming a young woman wants to move on mom seemingly supportive Mm-mm. but you know this is a goddamn movie yeah. Uh, so it becomes about how it's like uh, a sort of a, a Munchausen thing, and mom is uh, keeping her sick. Yeah, and, and uh, but the house and the wise and all that are kind of interesting. It was uh, it's very well made, very tense. It's well shot. It looks good, and Sarah Paulson's great in it. So it's definitely like a well made thriller. Part of the reason why I bothered to click on it like pretty late last night, turned on anyway. I was like, well, let me check this Rotten Tomato score. I was like thinking to myself, really? You know what I was thinking? I was like, if the score is low enough, <laughs> I'll watch it. <laughs> no, 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 no. If it's low enough, then I'll just watch some Animaniacs and go to bed. Yeah. It was my thinking. But then I go up to Rotten Tomatoes, 94%. I'm like, oh, I got to see it now. Yeah. It, that's pretty good. It's for, for sure like, I can see why that score is so high. I bet the rating is lower. It's probably closer to 7 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, like for me, it'd be like a six and a half, seven ounce. And it's for sure good watchable movie. Good for you're at home. It's Hulu, that type of thing. Uh, it, it is for sure, even though it's a smaller film, the way it's shot, it, it, you know, they were making like this is going to be seen in a theater. Yeah. And it's like super widescreen, anamorphic. Uh, it looks pretty great. So I could recommend it. You know, it's, cool. a, it's definitely worth watching. Um, but that's the only other movie that I watched this week. TV stuff. I'm going to actually I only watch a couple more episodes of Mr. Mercedes. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll save that for next week when I hopefully finish Mr. Mercedes. Mr. Mercedes. I do just like saying Mr. Mercedes. I, I mean, Brendan Gleeson's by far the best part of the show. He's <laughs> well, so great. Duh. And I just realized that the new character they added for season two, one of the new characters is um, Jack Houston, who I'm also watching him in Fargo, yes. which I'm all caught up on now. Ah, yes. The fucking Wizard of Oz episode. The newest one. Yeah. <laughs> that was fucking great. Okay. All right, so I like tracking the 
Coen Brothers homages on Fargo. So black and white episode, man who wasn't there. Yeah. Okay. And uh, there were a couple. Oh, and the oncoming storm is the end of a serious man because it ends with a tornado coming. Uh, but the tornado actually comes and it gets sucked into it. That was fucking crazy. And then it goes to color. <laughs> and goes, and then it goes, Wizard of Oz goes to color. So <laughs> there was something else. Another thing that happened, I was like, oh, it makes me, like they, they made me think of three different Coen Brothers movies very specifically uh, watching it. But yeah, it was a great episode. Yeah. Good stuff. That was really enjoyable. Very much enjoying that and that's, show. And that's um, Ep 9. Yes. Remember, Chris. So then we have two left. The future is now. <laughs> he got so <laughs> mad at that dude. Dude, that dude was probably the smartest man on the planet yeah, at that time. Yeah, and then all of a sudden he <laughs> dropped all that. I don't know what it means. <laughs> it's like, man, this is very funny. <laughs> Self-fulfilling prophecy. Now I'm unemployed. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Uh, yeah, Fargo is uh, very enjoyable. Okay, um, since I already mentioned it briefly, Animaniacs. Yes, man. So I've I've watched the first two episodes. I know you watched. More I, than I that. watched the first seven. The first seven. How many are there? Uh, Thirteen. So oh, was the first half. Nice run. Thirteen. Yeah. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. I was surprised by a couple things. Okay. Uh, thing number one. Yes. How <clears throat> the style is the same, like tonally, Dude, every, it, but it, it is, but it, it fits for twenty twenty. Yeah, it's it's weird that like the way it's set up, old school Looney Tunes style, where mm-hmm. you've got these credit cards and the music, mm-hmm. and it's very retro, but at the same time, it's very poignant and new. It's new, it, yeah. It's it's the same style but updated, and somehow uh-huh. the that early '90s meta cynical thing, that sarcastic thing that was very popular in the '90s, is working well Again. now in 2020 um, better than uh, a lot of its animated contemporaries. Newer shows now that try to do the same thing, they, yeah. they're they're doing it better. Mm-hmm. Is it how many are the same writers or the newer writers? Who what's going on here? Yeah, they got to be new writers because '93 is a long ass time ago, man. Yeah. Twenty-two years ago, and then they they ended in '98. So. More than that. Uh, yeah, 98, yeah, yeah. It started in 93, ended in 98, yeah. 22 years ago. So I think it's fucking great. Yeah. It, they're gender-balanced, pronoun-neutral, and ethnically diverse. <laughs> yeah. new, new opening credits. <laughs> but they, but that, that's the thing, though, about Animaniacs. Like, they've been ethnically, like, the so, like the educational, silly songs that they used to sing. Yep. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, in the opening, when it shows all of them in the holding hands around the world in the different outfits, I'm pretty sure those are just the same outfits from... Twenty years ago, probably. Yeah, it's all. Uh, they were already like the let's way ahead the, of that let's, shit. Let's learn about the countries of the world and stuff no. like that. Yeah, you're not alone in this world, uh, man. So good, so smart, uh, fantastic. Music's enjoyable. Uh, it's Pinky in the Brain is like the one that came back and Animaniacs, and that's it. And Animaniacs, and it's all new stuff. I like the new head of the studio, mm-hmm. the black lady. Yeah. Uh, she was making me laugh. Yes, you don't see much of her. After that, yeah. After, after I mean, the she beginning, spots up every once in a while. Well, the yeah, studio think, head was always a minor character. But anyway. I think even in episode three, they start commenting on like, "Where are the rest of the characters?" Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> like yeah. we seem to be doing a lot of the heavy lifting around here. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. Yeah, we're, so, we're so, Slappy's got a whacking with her purse. Well, I mean, Slappy if, was one of my least favorite ones. But, but if they're not, if they're not in the theme song, then you're probably not going to see them. I mean, that was the all the parts of the theme song that most of the parts of the theme song that they changed. Yeah, was was, regard, was regarding the other characters. Yeah. Uh, I gotta say, my favorite parts always have been the Warner trio and Pinky and the Brain. Yeah, 
like dropping well, the rest of well, it. Well, I mean, that's why Pinky and the Brain got their own spinoff show. Exactly. That's how good they were. So dropping the rest of it and come up with new stuff, fine by me. This, yeah. that, that's 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 great. You kept you kept the things worth keeping. WWWB, good job. Here we go. Mandalorian season two, episode four, The Siege. Directed by Carl Weathers. Directed by Carl Weathers. Good job. Of course, seeing Carl Weathers back means we got to hear him go, Mando. Uh huh. That's it. <laughs> That's the way he talked to the Mandalorian. If we can't get any Werner Herzog this year, at least we can get some Carl Weathers. Mando. Mando. Come on in, Mando. We need your help. Uh, this was a fun one. Yeah. How can Mando got, turn down freeing an entire planet? I mean, he, he he got the band back together. He got the band back together. She was like, the planet can finally be free. And he, <laughs> and he was like, God oh, damn it. You put it that way. <laughs> Fuck, I'm, now I'm a dick if I say no. I'm just here to get my ship repaired. It was fun. Gina Carano was back for an ep. Uh, yeah, the band back together type mm-hmm. of shit. Really, really fun episode. Good action. Mm-hmm. Great Baby Yoda stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baby Yoda using the Force. To steal, to steal and eat cookies. Look like macaroons. That, <laughs> that was some priceless, classic Baby Yoda <laughs> shit. I mean, it, it's better than the ethnic cleansing he was doing the last couple episodes. Hey, he was just hungry. You didn't know. Um, I mean, he he was eating spider babies right out of the eggs, unfertilized frog. He was like, I don't give a shit. I'm, I'm hungry. <laughs> no, those are totally fertilized frog eggs. I liked that. No, I thought she was taking them to be fertilized. I don't know. Uh, it doesn't matter. They're still like the last of the eggs that were available. <laughs> For the entire species, and the I like when at the end when he's doing some dog fighting in in his in his ship, yeah, and he's got the uh, baby Yoda's in the back seat, and I have the subtitles on, right? And he starts like spinning in circles Woo! to fire. Yeah, he sticks his arms up, and he's like, "Wee!" And then, and then it says, "The child giggles excitedly <laughs> underneath it." And his yeah. arms are up in the air. Uh, then he throws it on himself. Come on, come yeah. on! It's fun. Show's fucking fantastic. Uh, Mandalorian, man. That's totally what we good. need. Baby Yoda is what we need in 2020. Baby Yoda for president. Baby Yoda for president. Nah, that's not a good idea. <laughs> you saw what he did to those eggs? Hey. <laughs> that might be a bad idea, actually. That was very enjoyable. And Animatics and Fargo. Yeah, yeah, so I think that's pretty much it for pretty much it for me. Okay. For the week. Uh, what do you got, bud? Yeah, I also watched... Uh, his Dark Materials Season 2 started. That's right. So I started that. Right. Finally got... Feel, you know, feeling good about it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a good show. The, it's worth watching. This one's based on book two, The Subtle Knife. I don't know about any of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just watching this fun HBO fantasy show. I just, I mean, The Subtle Knife, it's like that That didn't come in my cutlery pack. I know no. that for sure. Got a butter knife. Got a salad fork, no subtle knife. Soup spoon, no subtle knife. No. Maybe you should uh, return and get a new one. I was like, guys, can I, I please mean, get a... Black, Black Friday's coming around. You can get one cheap. Can I get a cheap subtle knife to, to finish up my set here? I got this obvious dagger. I got this jagged little pill. Do you have a dirk? Uh, excuse me? A dirk. A dirk? Is that it's a, a, it's, it's a, it's, a it's fork, a, a dinner fork it's mixed between, with the... It's between a dagger and a short sword. I thought you were going to say a dagger and a fork. No. Isn't that just a sigh? No, it's a, it's, it's a dirk. A dirk. It's a dagger and a short sword. It's, a, it's in between in length. So it's a matter of inches. Yes. So it's like, if you line up a bunch of dudes, like that guy's a dirk. <laughs> that guy's a dagger. That guy's a dirk. That guy's a long sword. Look at that dude. That dude's a long well, sword. Short sword, then long sword. That guy's swinging that long sword. <laughs> you always got to go there. Where? The swords? 
also watched Fresh words. Uh, on Netflix. Uh, Kevin Hart has a new stand-up special called Zero Fucks Given. It was done, it looks like, in the basement of his house. Oh, really? But yeah, he's got a really nice house, Chris. Well, yeah, <laughs> Motherfuckers I mean, made a lot of money. Yeah, that's true. It's like when I say I saw, I watched Between the Bear and Me perform from the drummer's mom's basement. I'm like, oh, I think his, I think the drummer bought the mom's house. Yeah. Bought that house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's well, a fucking it's, it's probably basement. It's probably his house in his mom's name because yeah. he's on tour a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so the basement's like decked out for, <laughs> for drumming. It looks awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's probably the same thing. So it, it's a 20, like done in 2020 yeah, 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 uh, right. yeah. special. Oh, uh, I mean, uh, the uh, the audience is all messed up. Mm. Interesting. So there's, there is an audience yeah. of how many people? Like, what, uh, 20 people? Yeah, 2025 maybe. All right. Hmm. You motherfuckers make me laugh. I can see you. Like, <laughs> Gil, I know you. I let you in my house. You're sitting right there. You better laugh at my jokes. This is going on Netflix. <laughs> exactly. I mean, come on. That's a juiced up audience if I ever saw one. I mean, probably. But, you know, it was what it was. That's smart. It, it, was, it was just okay. Just okay. It was just okay. Was it like him just talking about COVID shit? No, uh, that and... Lack of toilet paper. Uh... uh that obviously toilet paper jokes, uh, you know, him responding to his kind of fall from grace, if you will. Yes, is this the first special since that stuff happened? I think maybe, maybe that's possible. Dave Chappelle, funny about how he talked about how he had to stop doing, no, how he got complaints for doing his comedy show in Ohio in the middle of a cornfield. Yes, but then they had mm-hmm. to. They had to stop doing that because someone got a uh, someone got sick. So like shit, got shut it all down. Yep. We have to cancel our last like few weeks worth of shows. Our summer series. And now summer's over. Mm. It's hard out there to, to do things. It is. To do the things, man. <laughs> Simon's um, doing trivia like outdoor on patios and shit. Curtis Earth. Mike Beans in Bordeaux. They sell a bunch of tents on the sidewalk and they have them uh, doing okay. outside. Yeah. They haven't been doing that since the summer. Hot as fuck out there, guys. Hey, man. As long as they can, you know, make some money. Hey, if you want to eat your club sandwich off alpha sprouts <laughs> in the 95 degree parking lot. <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. They have plenty of beer to dehydrate you from the inside. On uh, on Netflix, I watched a couple things. Okay. Uh, Auntie Donna's Big Old Fun House. Oh, this Australian one? The Kiwi. Are they Kiwi specifically? Yes, they're Kiwi. Auntie Donna. I've been, I wanted to, that's something that's on my list. That's on my list. It's funny. It's called Auntie Donna's what? Big Ol' Funhouse. Big Ol' Funhouse. And we have cameos from Ed Helms, mm-hmm. Scott Ackerman. Yep. Uh, the I think Ackerman might produce it. The chick from uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. The one who's chasing him, like the cop lady. Yes, the Terminator. Yeah. Yeah. She's in it. I'm the Terminator. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, uh, the, the younger Quaid from The Boys, he shows up for one sketch. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think it's. I think it. I think Aukerman produces it because he had these guys on Comedy Bang Bang no. uh, a couple weeks ago to promote it, and he's been like uh, tweeting about it. Okay, yeah. So maybe he's a producer. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Also got Weird Al for one. Yeah. One bit. Yeah. And Paul F. Tompkins. Yes. <laughs> and it's uh, there's six episodes, thirty minutes each. Oh, nice and short. It's sketch comedy. It's got to yeah. be short. Even, to- even 30 minutes kind of pushing it. Totally worth watching. Awesome. I 100%. love I love a good sketch comedy show. Uh, Kids in the Hall might be my favorite. I love Kids in the Hall. I mean, yeah, Kids in the Hall was good. About maybe 10, 12 I years re- ago, it was on Netflix, and I rewatched the whole thing from start to finish. I really enjoyed The State. I was a little young for it. Yes, I was too young to really get it, but going back and watching some but of the, it now, it's but, fucking... But some the, of it's the genius. parts that I remember, like, even... The, 
Like, I even did get some of it as young as I was. No, but, I mean, by six years old, you get, <laughs> I'm going to dip my balls in it. Yeah, you don't have to be old to get that. Or uh, $200 worth of pudding, and they were going to they rub their butts in it and stuff. Like, so, these guys are insane. Yeah. Um, Viva Variety, speaking of those guys, yeah. I was a big fan of that. And then again, I was still a little too young to get the joking on that particular format of show. Mm-hmm. But fuck, man, there's one skit where Johnny Blue Jeans, Michael Ian Black, visits a chocolate factory. He fucked up that factory. <laughs> I'm sure. He fucked up that factory. Uh, also on Netflix, I watched, uh, it's kind of like a documentary. It's called We Are the Champions. We are the it's champions. six 30-minute episodes about unique competitions. Oh, such as Rochambeau. Such as, no, cheese rolling. Oh, yeah, well, he's uh, rolling it down the... Yep. It's when they roll one cheese wheel and a bunch of people chase, chase it, it. And are they racing or trying nope. to catch it? Whoever gets to the bottom first is all it is. You just got to get there first. Just get there first. Yep. first whether, you beat, down. whether you beat the cheese or not. Doesn't matter. First the, person down. The cheese is more just like a go. Yeah. Cheese is going, you go. And you win the cheese too. Okay, so you get the dirty cheese. All right. It's a big <laughs> ass cheese wheel. You just clean it off. You're yep. good. Uh, then it's chili eating and not like... Not like beans and meat chili, like chili peppers. Oh, so yes. Like competitive, hot eating people. No, my, my stomach, my belly. I can't, uh, I can't take that. No, number three was fantasy hairstyling. Now explain that one. So basically, like, there's hairstyling, and then there's like the fantasy section where like they use props and like giant headpieces okay. that le- the, look more like Mardi Gras floats on people's heads. Than that sounds else. fun. All right, I'm down with that. Uh, number four was yo-yo competitions. Okay, the, the the most mundane of the ones we said so far, uh-huh. yo-yo. But I'm into it. <laughs> N- number five, dog dancing. The most weird one, okay. Literally, yeah, like literal dog it, dancing. It's strange. Get up on those high it's, legs. It's competitive dog dancing. Yeah, a partner. Yeah, you dancing with your dog. Man, that, that's that's fucked up. And number six, frog jumping. Actual frogs. Actual frogs jumping. Just, okay, it's it just it's for distance. Whose frog can you, jump the furthest in three leaps? So they just get. It's like look at those. It's crazy. Look at the size of his legs. I, I highly recommend watching it. It is it is six thirty minute. Fascinating story. We are the about champions. Weird shit. All right, shit, man. It does sound good. It but, is quite hilarious. So between Auntie Donna's and that, I got two two things to add for sure. Uh then there was a Night City Wire episode five, the uh, YouTube series uh, put out by CD Projekt Red about for the uh, uh, Cyberpunk twenty seven. For Cyberpunk, this one was uh, kind of behind the scenes and about the uh, original score and working with Keanu Reeves. Nice. Uh, I read a thing about Keanu Reeves uh, talking about doing motion capture and how he had to do it for Matrix and now he's doing it for Cyberpunk so it, it felt familiar to him because it was so similar but the big difference being that now 20 years later on set you get real time rendering mm-hmm. like minimal rendering so you can see actually see what you're doing and go over and look at the monitor and then go back and, and adjust and stuff like that it's very cool that he yeah. can do that I mean Avatar does that too they've been doing that where you film you're shooting you're in a green room it looks like shit you just walk over to the to the monitor and fucking Zoe Saldana's like <laughs> a tall blue lady and she's in a forest like what the fuck yeah. that's pretty cool mm-hmm. that's cool uh, how long is that series like each episode no oh, there are five episodes They're about, they run between like 25 and 35 minutes. That's pretty good. That's pretty good runtime. I watched this one random editing video. Some guy just puts out a video about 
editing, the, the art of editing, and he did one on Interstellar and the the finale of Interstellar, and he broke it down editing wise into different tracks and different uh, timelines and stuff. And uh, I, I just sat there for twenty minutes, but like, oh wow, this is, <laughs> this is That's weirdly, some hardcore shit. <laughs> yeah, this is weirdly compelling to break this down so minutely. Uh, but you know. But then also, it's like a chance just to listen to Interstellar score again. It's yeah. a very good score. So is that it? Yes. All right. We are going to take a break. We're going to be back in the second half of the show. We have an email to read. I don't think we have any comments on a Facebook group, but that's perfectly fine. Uh, and then we have a bunch of news stories to talk about. So uh, in the meantime, here is a quick word about our sponsor, Streamline Mortgage Solutions. And then we'll be back with the second half of the show. Hey, Crespo Diso listeners and Florida residents, time to go to StreamlineFlorida.com and see about getting a new home equity loan or refinancing your current loan. Guys, loan interest rates are at historically low levels. Take advantage today. Go to StreamlineFlorida.com to get the process started online or call them at 407-898-4477. You can even email the president, Brian Zymel himself, B-Zymel, B-Z-I-M-E-L at StreamlineFlorida.com and ask them about how they can help you get better rates, lower payments, pay off your loan quicker. What do you want to do? Streamline Florida can help you do it. They are A-plus rated at the Better Business Bureau. They are highly recommended by many people. They have so many great testimonials out there. Peter Von Taborski at Scotch Good Conversation and Dee Dee Von Taborski from Dinner and Good Conversation both used their services. Both super happy with Streamline Mortgage Solutions. Find out what they can do for you. Contact them today. Let them know Cinema Crespediso sent you. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen and ladies, boys and girls, children of men, welcome back to episode 411. Drew, how are you? Doing. Saying shout outs to our new listeners in Gujarat. <laughs> okay. Uh, I can't say that one. Karnataka. Okay. Yes. Talangana. Of course. Tamil Nadu. Colorado. These are all gigantic provinces. Of course, Uttar Pradesh. Drew, I'm talking about India. Shout out to India. There's a new, newish app or there's an app that's now open to American podcasts called Ghana. G-A-A-N-A. It's for music. But they want podcasts too. And uh, you know how many people live in India? A lot. <laughs> like billions of people? Yeah. So, um, we're in India now. Cool. Shout out also, worldwide, big ups to my brothers in Britain, West Hertfordshire. Where was it? Wolfenstein? Wolfenstein? Wolverhampton. 
Wolverhampton. <laughs> Our boys in Wolverhampton. Yeah. Yeah, I miss those guys. I don't think, I don't think they listen anymore. They don't like being shouted out. Uh-huh. Like, oh, these boys know about us now. This is bad. They keep making fun of us. That's what you get, Chris. Uh, look, they just have better chocolate. What are you going to do? They have better candies. Do they? Yes, because our American that, candies are shite. Is that why their teeth are so bad? Yes, yeah, because, no, they, their teeth are getting better. <laughs> They're getting better at the teeth game. That's an, that's an old stereotype. Um, I'm just looking at the lights. are pretty. You got the, yeah. I like the pink. Mm-hmm. I like the way it reflects. Mm. It's very distracting. Lights. Uh, also, that banana cushion is hitting me pretty hard a second, so I'm just going to have to... Well, then don't look it. behind you because there are blinking lights. I know. Those you. things I see in the reflection <laughs> in, in my Star Wars thing, they're like, wow, wow. Uh, guys, our studio is visually very cool. Uh, this is obviously in audio medium, so we're doing our best to... Uh, Imparted upon you how great this is to be us. Are you feeling it? Are you enjoying it? Are you living vicariously through us? Are we your best friends? It's fine. So my best friends are LA comedians who they don't know I exist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a good or a bad thing, Chris. You know what? It's just it's life. It's life in America in 2020. What are you going to do about it? No, I mean, exactly. Nothing. We're just stuck. This is the way it is. And then we die. Um, between mom's contractions and coffin fittings. What was it? It's all a joke? That's right. Exactly. Here we go. We're going to uh, do some of the pluggy thingies that we do. Like when I say, go to patreon.com slash so for more of this nonsense. And you can actually pay for it. And it's more focused nonsense, but still it's nonsense. So you can pay us monies, and I will spend them on lights. Which he has. Yeah, I mean, only half the studio's <laughs> lit up. I gotta, get, I gotta figure out how to do it. We need extension cords and shit. I need to, uh, you know. Get any more Patreon money. Guys, we need more Patreon money, so patreon.com slash so Please sign up. That'd be awesome. Uh, email us, cinemacrespediso at gmail.com, and we'll read them on the show just like this. Gabe gets at us. What up, Gabe? What up, show? What up? Chris, yes. Drew. Yo. What are your streaming apps? Don't answer this. We got a couple questions here. So we're do it all at once. What? What's your streaming apps? Who has the best content right now? Biggest names are Netflix, Hulu, HBO Max. What's the recommended stream service you stand behind and you can certify as worth the monies? I mean, as streaming apps go, so what? I've got uh, I've got the HBO Max, HBO Max, the Netflix. The, those are the two most expensive ones. The the Amazon Prime. That's probably the third. That's after them. That's cheaper than those two, but still like breaks down to twelve bucks a month. I've got the, you, you, you. You get that by year. It's like seventy dollars. I've, I've got the I've got the Hulu, but not the with the live TV. Hulu I've just got like the basic basic Hulu. And Hulu is often usually bundled with something. You get it through uh, through Spotify and things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also have uh, the Tubi app on my television. Yeah, everyone has Tubi. Tubi's cheap. I've got Crackle. Or free. I should say Crackle's yeah. free. Crackle's free as well. Yep. Nah, Voodoo nah, nah, has nah. free people. If you don't know about Voodoo, V U D U, they have thousands of free movies and yeah. TV shows yeah. as well as like up to date stuff to rent. If uh I was if I lived in the right area and connected to the correct library, I could get Hoopla. Is it Hoopla? It's yeah. called Hoopla, Hoop, but it Hoopla's the library dude, one. It's got Or is it there's another one called Canopy. It's got so much stuff on there. And yeah. a lot of it is quality. Yeah, it's just uh it's like I, a library system I, yeah, type I just, deal. It, it and library is not connected. Um you have to like, get a letter and go to the Orange County Library and they get a thing there and I ain't go through all those hoops. Um, Shutter. I use Shutter. Okay. Now six bucks a month. No. Uh, temporarily paying for Peacock just to see how it works out because fuck who gives a shit watching Mr. Mercedes on it. No. 
Uh, that's five bucks. Um, well, I'll pay for stars right now. We we split stars. Stars, stars is or, fucking no, awesome. We didn't split stars. I got stars for myself. I know I have to cancel it. I have a thing on my calendar. Because did you finish American Gods? Yeah, yeah. Stars is good. Uh, I got Showtime. Also, Showtime has some good show stuff. Also, decent movie selection. Um, and those are like just Amazon channels that I can turn on or off as I see fit. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, uh, those are like Amazon prime add-ons anyway. You can get them solo, but, and then there's Disney plus. Yeah. D plus that just renewed for like 70 bucks or whatever. Right. Smart. The Mando season yeah. two. Yeah. And now all the Disney, um, the Marvel stuff getting ready to come out. Yeah. We'll talk about some of that in a minute actually. So, uh, the last, the first year of Disney plus really hasn't been that worth it. I mean, outside of Mandalorian. Yeah. I, I, and, and if, like if you're a Simpsons stan, I guess. Yeah, and the thing is, in all reality, I I probably could have waited to get it now and then just you know crunch the first season of the yep. Mandalorian before you, the second. You could you would have been could've so far been, behind. behind. I'll be behind on the whole just baby Yoda conversation. Yeah. Well, no, I I wouldn't have. By now, I would have known. Like that's the the, the kind, world kind of the thing. <laughs> yeah, even it's funny. I had even seen like images of baby yoda that friday or saturday before i watched the first episode and i didn't really connect to me that this is from the show like i didn't my brain didn't make the connection fortunately and then when it happened on the show i was like (laughs) and uh that was such a great reveal man so who's got the best content right now, Chris? I don't know. HBO Max probably, even oh, though they're definitely. newer. Uh, just because um, they just roll all the HBO stuff, right? Yeah. They're, they're well, great. Yeah. And I would say Hulu's probably a close second. Hulu's doing pretty even though, good. Even though, I mean, I can't... I'm kind of like, a, at this point in time, like a Netflix loyalist. Like, I've just watched so much shit on Netflix. And a lot of it's good. It's just... <sighs> they have their own... Like Netflix is good for some of their original movies, yeah, and they make good documentaries. They make very good documentaries. But yes. I don't, I don't find myself watching like their series no. a lot. I've been, I have been falling off hard. It's been a long time since the days of season one Stranger Things happening right around the same time as like the Marvel shows and all that. Where I was like, man, I can't see myself going without the uh, Netflix series. Is, is, is. Mm-hmm. now it's like nah, I'm just waiting for the new Day of Fincher movie, <laughs> exactly. and then and then next year, what prestige movie are they gonna? Now it's like one or Grab. two. Yeah, yeah, it's weird how they do that now. Well, now we'll talk about that a little bit more. But they yeah they are making some big moves for big name stuff. Netflix is interesting. That's, they've just been around for so long now, comparatively, yeah. since the goddamn... They, they started as a mail-in service st- in the late 90s. They, they've been at the forefront of all of it. All of it. And uh, ain't, ain't no stopping them, I think. It's spending so much money. No. It's not Amazon Prime and chill, Chris. It's Netflix and chill. Yeah, no, yeah. It's Amazon <laughs> It's Amazon Prime and Pump. Right? I don't know. Hulu and Hangout. Netflix and chill. Prime, Prime and Pump, uh, Shudder and Sex. <laughs> they they just they just, they just went straight for it that time. Horror kids <laughs> cut straight to the, straight to the point. Uh, there's uh, uh, 2B and Touchy. Yeah, hashtag 2B and Touchy. If you're into that, <laughs> that's sad. That's sad. If you're like, come over to watch that. That's commercials. We'll touch each other in the commercial <laughs> breaks. I like the commercial breaks, baby, because it gives me a chance to to rub your thighs. Oh, while while we watch uh, uh, Tom Selleck and uh, Runaways, <laughs> Michael Crichton classic. 
I think, yeah, HBO Max. HBO Max is probably, even though it's the priciest one for the most part, just a dollar or two less than uh, Netflix, yeah. I think that's the best one, bang for your buck, yeah. content-wise, and the quality of what they got going on over there and what they have coming down the line. Yeah. yeah. If I had to start making cuts, I'm figuring out a way to keep that. Definitely. So many other things are going before HBO. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. That's the answer. The answer. Not an opinion. That's the answer. And that's it. Oh, that's it? Okay. <laughs> I was waiting for you to get out of that second. <laughs> I, was, I was freaking out. All right, guys. Uh, before we get into the news section, it is time for <laughs> our hottest, newest, sexiest recurring segment of 2020. That's right. We're talking about Chris Reed's Entertainment Weekly, so you don't have to. I got... The latest issue of Entertainment Weekly in the mail. It came in. I got. I get a. I get a free subscription through my uh, insurance. <laughs> my cool. Allstate insurance. <laughs> I got this. I got Wired. I got a. I don't read any of them. They're just piling up. Yep. But I do read the Entertainment Weekly, so I can pull this shit for you, so you can skip it. So here we go. The top three things that I pulled from this hastily over the last couple of days. Uh, we got a, it's a WandaVision mm-hmm, I see thing. I, so and the WandaVision feature it's pretty interesting six episodes okay uh, they point out how it was supposed to be uh, like the third thing they had like Black Widow and the Eternals and Falcon all that stuff was supposed to come out before WandaVision yeah. and WandaVision was supposed to lead into Doctor Strange now WandaVision's the first thing out of the gate so that's a big, big it's, kind of, it's kind of weird see how that works out for them uh, but yeah, I pulled this out. What I don't even for, first take uh, exclusive preview of your next obsessions. Bob Odenkirk in Nobody. He did an okay. action movie, Drew Cogburn. Cool, an action movie called Nobody. Uh, it says here, Nobody boasts action cred behind the camera. Written by Derek Kolstad, who wrote John Wick. Produced by David Leach, Atomic Blonde, mm-hmm. and directed by. Uh, Ilya Nashuler Nashuler I can't say his last name sorry dude uh, the guy who did Hardcore Henry the Russian guy oh. the, that, yeah, first, that yes. weird ass first person movie that was that almost getting motion sickness so yeah now imagine that guy uh, with Bob make, Odenkirk with making a, an action movie making an action well, movie well those three is that weird I'll watch it I'm looking forward to it um says here Odenkirk found inspiration in Jimmy McGill obviously but he says here this is very interesting. It started with an advertisement for Better Call Saul in China that my brother sent me. I thought, wow, they're watching Saul in China. I wonder if I could do a film that could play around the world. Action genre movies with strong, clear character drives and challenges play around the world. I'm in pretty good shape. I can get in better shape. They know me around the world as a character who's striving, earnest, failing, getting back up. It's essentially an action lead without the fighting. Drew to Cogburn. Bob Odenkirk recognizing the power of action cinema. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. Um, Sounds fun. And then speaking of getting in shape, uh, you know how like to do the Matrix, they trained for six months with Yu Ping and uh, Charlie Theron did like uh, extra training for Atomic Blonde and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It says here, Odenkirk trained for two years <laughs> <laughs> with stuntman Daniel Bernhardt learning a combo of boxing, jujitsu, karate, and judo. So don't don't He's step don't step to don't yeah. think you can beat him up anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, also, he enjoyed getting beat up. He said that was really fun. So uh, yeah, cool. Bob Odenkirk in an action movie done by the guy who did Hardcore Henry. I'm into it. It's a Universal Man, picture. I could see Bob Odenkirk. Maybe Bob Odenkirk could uh, reboot Die Hard for us. Hmm. He could be. 
Because he can do uh, acting if he has to as well. Um, February 19, 2021 is the current release date. And it's Universal. Universal has that deal with AMC. Mm-hmm. So expect it to actually come out in theaters at that time. But then like the Eventually. $20 PVOD after a couple weeks. And like the window is, yeah. is short. The world television premiere will be on AMC. <laughs> is, no, that, is that still a thing? No, not that AMC. <laughs> I don't think those AMCs are linked. It, the, yeah, AMC the channel is not the same as the theater. Uh, and our, and the world television premiere is still a thing, <laughs> as a matter of fact, it is. Um, Alright, thing number two. They actually had a pretty decent, because you mentioned it earlier, they had a pretty decent two-page, three-page thing on uh, Mank. Oh, nice. And even the article itself is in black and white, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. So this is a pretty good little article. Here's a couple things I pulled from it. This is Gary Oldman. He admits, This may sound hard to believe, but it actually may have been the hardest role I ever tackled. We all agreed early on that there would be no special makeup or prosthetics. I called it Gary Oh Natural. Uh, so he's playing the Herman McCavich, the writer of uh, Citizen Kane. And it's about the movie, about the making of Citizen Kane. And... Uh, they, David Fincher was like, no gimmicks. Like, just act. Just do it. And he was scared. Because he's an actor. He's a human being. Yeah. Cool. Oh, this was weird. So, uh, Mankiewicz had a uh, secretary named Rita. Remember, this is all based mm-hmm. on real people, right? Um, this person, Rita, is played by uh, Lily Collins. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Doctor of Phil. Yes. Gary Oldman and Lily Collins first met when she was a toddler. He was filming Bram Stoker's Dracula in 1992 on the same back lot where her father, Phil Collins, shot his role in Hook. Now now they are working together. That's that's weird. (laughs) (laughs) Don't think that's weird? That's fucking weird, man. They better not kiss or nothing. That'd fuck me up. Gary Oldman. I mean, Lily Collins doesn't look that bad. I'm going to kiss this baby in 30 years. <laughs> Phil, I'm going to kiss your baby in 30 years. <laughs> Phil's got some good jeans. I bet you the, the model who popped those her are, out those has are the, probably yeah, better jeans. Those are the mom jeans, yeah, for sure. And not those mom jeans, the other mom jeans. You know what I'm talking about. Um, and then on the screenplay, the screenplay is written by David Fincher's father, who mm. passed away in 2003. And he wrote this thing a long time ago. Uh, so they wrote down at one of the scenes and in one of the sidebars to note here. So remember, I think we talked about this before, how they tried to evoke films of the past by like making it look like older film stock and playing with the sound and make it sound like an older movie and all these things. So uh, here, David Fincher says he used matte paintings and filmed night scenes in daylight to insinuate that San Simeon melded with Wait, I don't know. I don't know that part means. Oh, wait. 90% of night scenes in that era were shot day for night, Fincher says. We embraced that. Reimagining the processes of the day with newer technologies. Uh, So a lot of stuff that you're going to see that like shot at night, quote at night, is supposed to be. Like on purpose, they shot it in the daytime. Just the way they did it. But to make it look like at nighttime. Weird. Isn't that weird? Is that kind of obsessive? Yeah. It reminds me of Martin Scorsese's The Aviator, in which uh, the film stock, because that movie takes place over the course of decades, from yeah. the, I think, the 20s, 30s, and 40s. Um, depending on the decade, he used a different type of film stock and uh, chemical process, so you would get different colors. Yeah. So, like, the blues would change throughout the movie, depending on the on the time period and all that. <sighs> amazing. So amazing. 
finally, item number three on their What to Watch page. I like, I, I actually like this page. It just gives you a simple breakdown of things to look forward to in the month. So, uh, speaking of Mank, that's the 4th, mm -hmm. December 4th. It'll be in some theaters the weeks before that. Uh, December 17th, it's a Thursday on CBS All Access. And speaking of streaming services, not worth it. Did not renew that one. The Stand. No, Stephen yeah. King's The Stand starts. So let it come out, see what the reviews are, maybe get a trial to watch it and unsubscribe. The very next day, December 18, on Friday, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, the Netflix film oh, yeah. adaptation of Chadwick Boseman's last film. He's already getting raves for it, as well as Viola Davis, etc., etc. So be in position for a uh, Oscar movie in this weird Oscar season that is supposed to happen April. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see about that. And then on Christmas on Disney Plus, Soul. Oh, nice. Yeah. Soul comes out. And there you go. That's Chris Reed's Entertainment Weekly. So you don't have to, which leads us to the news. Speaking of Soul coming out on Christmas, also coming out on Christmas on HBO Max, Wonder Woman 84. Nice. I mean, I wish I could see it in theaters, but... We probably can. Because it will be it will be playing in theaters and uh, AMC's are still open. I don't know about that. You want to go to an AMC? I don't know about that. To see it? We can't. I think we could see it. I don't know about that. What do you mean you don't know about that? I don't know about that. You don't know if you want to see it? I mean, I, I want to see it, but I'm not sure if it's worth the risk. Ah, <laughs> so you want to see it, but you don't want to go see it in the theater, is what you're saying. Um, so you're you're fine with it coming out at home? I mean, not really. I'd rather them wait. Rather get 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 us some vaccinated motherfuckers and put put on masks. I mean, everyone have some goddamn discipline. I mean, I'm not you know the business person, but mm -hmm. you know I think mm -hmm. you, personally, no, I mean, not. I'm considering it a nice Christmas present from HBO Max. Thank you, uh, but but at the same time, you know, if it ever re-release or whatever, mm -hmm. I'll totally go see it in theaters. I wonder if movies like I'm. I was thinking Tenant. Will that get a re-release um, sometime late next year? Uh, I'm to sure, give people a chance to see it in theaters. Actually, I'm sure. I'm sure during some down season, you know, it'll be the the one year anniversary. You missed the the, the missed it, you missed it the first time around. Yeah. Who will understand? COVID sucked, but exactly. now we're back. Yeah, see tenant. In a world where we've achieved herd immunity. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, so 2024. <laughs> when when COVID 2022 is now ravaging communities. No. How, how are we now all experts on coronavirus? We've been living with this shit for decades, centuries, millennia. This is what it feels like. Um, when doves cry? That's what it sounds like, Chris, not what it feels like. <laughs> 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 this is what it feels like. <laughs> it's wet and feathery. Ooh! Uh, so Wonder Woman 84 and this was kind of funny how when which one was it Universal put Trolls out Trolls World Tour and then Universal the head made a statement like like this is bullshit fuck Universal like they, I, we will never play a Universal movie in our theaters again right they became a standoff no. publicly <clears throat> and then they negotiated it's all about that exclusivity window and they struck a deal which really favors Universal so much more uh, and the uh, and the movie the movie studios like AMC essentially caved on this one 
for just like a couple of bucks. And uh, so now, then when Disney announced, oh yeah, Mulan is coming out on D Plus, they went to AMC. He's like, well, <laughs> do you have anything to say? And no. and when they did that, they're like, no, we understand it's a business, blah blah. You're, Disney, they, you're Disney. We, we bow to you. And and oh, then, great mouse. And then when this was announced and Warner now it's Warner Brothers and they're like we're putting out uh, Wonder Woman on HBO Max same day as the Wallace Theaters it went to AMC and AMC was like we understand <laughs> business they much more conciliatory tone now with this shit so movie theater exhibitors like they are butt fucked scared they just want product they're they're dying for it because without movies ain't no one going right. screw people being scared of movies um I'll go see a few movies, uh, considering, like, shit, I saw Akira in a goddamn, practically, it was empty. There was, I think, one other person in the theater. I went with my brother. It was amazing. And uh, I didn't go to a theater in the right conditions, but there ain't nothing to see. Yeah. There ain't no movies. It's a bummer. So we'll see what how, how this happens. The movie business, obviously, is going to change. Will theaters go away? No. Will they change? Probably. We'll see in what ways. Okay, uh, Fantastic Beasts 3. Oh, here's an interesting reason. Uh, following up on the Johnny Depp leaving Fantastic Beasts 3. An interesting reason why he did the last movie in the first place. Because when he did the, f- the second Fantastic Beasts movie, and he was Grindelwald in that film, um, there was already controversy at that time. There's The allegations were out there. Um, he was already, you know, public turmoil, PR-wise. Uh, but Warner Brothers went ahead... They backed his play. They let him be in the movie. J.K. Rowling was like, he's great for the role. I want him in the movie, et cetera, et cetera, right? Uh, so how come this time around with this libel case, how come now he, they cut ties? You know what the difference is this time? Um, let me see. This is a variety. Mentions this. AT&T merged with Time Warner. Mm-hmm. AT&T. Uh, Time Warner owns Warner. So when AT&T merged with them, they became the big dogs on the block. And uh, that's why they're like, we have no patience for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> They've become too big. Yeah. To then be like, oh, well, yeah, this guy's uh, an alleged wife beater. We don't even want to mess with this. So they uh, completely uh, cut him off. So I don't know Johnny Depp. He ain't working with Warner Brothers anytime soon. Yeah. And they're they're like one of four or five companies that owns everything. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Disney will drop him as soon as they can, if they haven't already, for whatever pirates bullshit there may or may not be in the future. I think I don't know if that's confirmed, but there is a rumor at least that yes, as Jack Sparrow, he is out. No, no mas, Jack Sparrow. But that was also. In the works anyway, because for the four and five, they paid him like 40 to 50 million each. And then I think he also got back end money. I'm sure. And they both made a billion dollars. So they're happy to to find a way to move on. Rumored, I think it was most recently, that Margot Robbie. That could be fun. Yeah. Just... Do the old diversify switch Switcheroo. it up. Let's get us a let's get us a lady lead in there. She's hot with the Harley Quinn and all that. But then Birds of Prey didn't do too well. Yeah, but she could be a fun pirate. She could be a fun pirate. Yeah. All she has to do is just play Harley Quinn without the Jersey accent. <laughs> yeah, please drop that accent, Mister J. <laughs> oh, jeez, Mister J. Um, we're gonna keep it with comic books. 
Marvel. Someone asked them about the rumor that uh, Tony Stark would be returning to the MCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark. This is um, Victoria Alonzo from Marvel Studio. She said, quote, Tony Stark is dead. And that's our story. Resurrection, I do not know. I do not know how we would do it. It seems to me that the story of Tony Stark is told by us. Hence, he has left us in Terrence. Who he is, for example, in Spider-Man, because Peter Parker has been a false son. So you see a lot of what Tony Stark wouldn't have been in Peter Parker, etc., etc., etc. Just moving on, other characters. I mean, um, there are other fun super geniuses to play with. Yeah, man, we still have Reed Richards uh, I mean, P- to Peter, come out. Peter Parker, in his own right, is just as smart as Tony Stark. He's a mega genius. <laughs> He's a mega genius inventor, right? We've barely scratched the Peter Parker surface in terms of MCU. Yeah, well, it's because they keep playing the. They keep rebooting Spider Man. <laughs> they keep redoing so, it. Yeah. Well, now it's finally like in the under Marvel Studios, so yeah, they can finally allow it to breathe and, and grow and have Peter Parker grow like he has. The problem is. Um, Tom Holland's gonna be forty eventually. That's fine. Forty-year-old Spider-Man. We, ta- uh, we, we into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Forty-year-old washed-up Spider-Man. Fuck yeah. You got me with the Spider-Verse. Spider. You got me with the damn Spider-Verse. Uh, okay. Um. Why is this bringing up? Man, the what if? I can't wait for that what if animated series. <gasps> it's gonna be so much fun. That's gonna be At least great. I hope. Yeah, I mean, there's so many great possibilities. It's, uh, I think that's <clears throat> animated. That yeah. really helps. And uh, what's his name? Jeffrey Wright is the uh, Uatu. Yes. <laughs> so he's got that voice. He's got uh-huh. a good voice. It's just a little, almost. it's almost a Morgan Freeman. It's good. Uh, but yeah, so Tony Stark coming back. No, he's dead. Also, another rumor being shot down that for Black Panther 2, the movie would open with like some sort of battle and a digitized uh, Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman would fall in battle, uh, so that say something epic and die. Say something epic, die, and then Sister Shuri can then just like in the comic book, revenge, uh, re- avenge, revenge, become Black Panther. Uh, so that's the rumor. And who is this? Where are we going down to here? And this is according to the Root. Show more. Argentine newspaper. Can I Oh, this is the same executive, Victoria Alonso. No, there's only one Chadwick, and he is no longer with us. Sadly, our king has died in real life, not only in fiction, and we're taking a little time to see how we continue the story and how to honor this chapter. What have what has unexpectedly happened to us on Painful Terrible? To be honest, etc., etc., etc. Apparently, he no one knew. Like yeah. even Kevin Feige and all of them didn't know that he was sick until it was like at the very, very end. That's yeah, yeah. crazy. I, I, I'm sure nobody knew until they started looking at it. I was like, dude, why are you um, losing weight? Are you okay? <laughs> Do you have a tapeworm or I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. No, you're not. No, you're not dude. fine. Yeah. At some point you can't hide it anymore. And, uh, Oh, this is a kind of a bummer being how successful he's been in the last few years. No will. Huh? Yeah, so his wife had to file probate cases yeah, yeah. to sort all that shit out. That sucks. Get it? Because I'm sure lots of people want their want a cut. Guys, if you have even any money, get a will. Any possessions, get something. If it if it's gonna matter when you pass on, like Drew has a will that everything goes to me when he dies. <laughs> Remember when you signed that? I mean, Remember when we got really really drunk and you signed that piece of paper? <laughs> parts of it do. There was a notary there. No, he was drunk. Uh huh. Everybody was drunk. It was great. I mean, I'm pretty sure you were the drunk notary. <laughs> you can't prove that now. You can't prove those signatures match. 
I was on my left hand, I was on my right. Yeah, exactly. That's, uh, <laughs> that's how the Zodiac got away with it. Last week we talked about Chris Columbus, the director of the first two Home Alone. Doesn't want to do Stone Alone, thinks it's stupid. Yeah, he thought Stone Alone was stupid. He was like, where is the sanctity of the love and the Home Alone? Uh, I guess he's doing, I don't know if this is all one interview, it just split up into different articles, or he was doing it for some sort of media tour. But uh, a couple more Chris Columbus story things have come out. For example, he was in the running to be director of... um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation and like John Hughes because John Hughes was his yeah. boy and he was like hey I wrote this how about you direct it sound good and he was like yeah sure I'll do a Christmas uh, I'll do a Lampoon Christmas this is going to be a big hit and it's like a, a win he could not stand Chevy Chase no. could not work with him after two weeks he went to John Hughes was like I have to step Sorry. away I can't do this buddy and then he thought that would like sour the relationship and fuck everything up and then Hughes came back to him like oh that's fine here how about Take this screenplay. How about this? You want to do this instead? And it's fucking Home Alone. There you go. That, that's fucking crazy. It's all about who you know, man. Yeah. It's who you know. Uh, his first movie was Adventures in Babysitting, which is a really Surprise good, hit. It was a really fun debut. Yeah. And uh, so walking away from National Lampoon could have been uh, could have been bad for his career, but then again, sticking with it could have been bad too. Well, yeah. I mean, if he would have stayed with it, there would have been no Home Alone. It would have been, but it would have been with someone else. Maybe not it, as it good. Not yeah, right. So it, it would have been different. Yeah, right. The we, the weird, uh, the 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 paths that the, the the sliding doors effect of things being made. It's what was that? The Palma documentary pointed out how there's a book called Prince of the City that he spent a year developing, and during that same year, Sidney Lumet was developing the adaptation of Scarface, and then. They both dropped off those projects and then ended up directing the opposite movies. So, so <laughs> yeah. Lamette directed Prince of... Uh, anyway, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, oh, this is crazy. So, Chris Columbus then talks about Home Alone. John Candy is in it. He has a cameo. Yeah. A couple of scenes where he, he's pretty much just a plot device. He helps um, uh, Diane Weiss' character get from uh, point A to point B. And... No, not Diane Weiss. Excuse me. Catherine O'Hara. And... Um, he apparently was only paid $414 for his one day of work. And apparently he was mad about that. Yeah. He made another movie with Chris Columbus after this, only the lonely little rom cute little rom-com from the early 90s. And where it's a movie about like a mama's boy getting into a relationship. It's all right. Have you seen that one? No, it's, so. it's okay. And he said on the side of that movie, he kept bringing up how like Fox motherfuckers <laughs> underpaid stiffed me. me. Yeah, stiffened me, these sons of bitches. John Candy was crazy. All of his dialogue too in that movie was uh, like improvised. No. They just—he's that good. He's that good. They just do this, let him roll. He's that good. Dead at the age of, I actually think this says, forty-four, forty-three. Oof, that is young. But also, he was slave to his appetite. Co- all of them. Conan, all of his appetites. <laughs> Conan O'Brien has a. He told a story I heard on a podcast about how. He, when he was working at a college, John Candy was in town to like do an appearance at the college, so he was assigned him to be his handler when as a student there. And they told him, like, John is on a very strict diet, it, and it was like it had a specific name, like uh, Predamine, I don't know, some dumb name, it had a dumb name, but it was, he's on this very specific diet. 
and uh, he can only eat things on his diet. He's like, okay, so then he picks John up and he's taking around town. He sees a bakery. He's like, stop, stop the car, kid, stop the car. He goes into the bakery and he's like, I'll take two of those. I'll take two of those. I want one of those. And then he looks at uh, Conan and he's like, it's okay, kid. It's like, it's all on the menu. <laughs> like, whatever the dumb name was, he's like, it's, it's these kind of croissants. We're good to go. And he was just filling himself up. Uh, and then he died at 43. Yeah. Come on, guys. Be healthy. Be healthy. Is point of the story? I, I think, think so. Maybe. I think so. Maybe. Perchance. Uh, Home Alone made $476 million at the global box office. This says it's the highest grossing domestic comedy of all time. God damn. There you go. Oh, and then he's not happy about the Disney Plus reboot. Not only is he not happy about Stoned Alone, he's not happy about Home Alone either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, why? He's like, why? He's one of these guys. He's like, why? I think he's really mad because they didn't come to him for nothing. He's not getting a cut of it. He's not getting a piece of it. I think that's what makes him really mad. Well, maybe he's a purist. Maybe. You know what? Maybe he is. It's possible. Mm. He has been very <laughs> successful. They went to him for the first two Harry Potters for a reason. And those movies were hits. You know, he teed up the franchise in a good way. As it... He was the right director for those movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. For sure. Um, speaking of HBO Max. And things that they're developing. They've been doing this for a minute now, it seems. When something falls off of um, Adult Swim, they swoop in and yeah. see what they can do. Uh, this was actually a tweet, I think, was it? Um, someone at HBO Max confirmed that they are working with uh, the Venture Brothers people to see about bringing them to all new episodes to yeah. uh, Venture Brothers, which has been on TV for 17 years, but only did seven seasons. I was about to say, I, I've, probably seen like the first three or four yeah uh people and then it kind of fell off people love the show like fans of the show really yeah. really love it well i mean it's hilarious it's been on for so long I mean, but so sporadically it's crazy yeah, exactly that that's just that, that's why i haven't been keeping up with it because you never know when there are new episodes you know it could be five years yeah <laughs> that's the problem right okay here we go i found a tweet this is from hbo max general manager andy forcell the Venture Brothers fans are passionate, but incredibly civil. I've received tons of emails, all of which are short, very well written notes, oozing with politeness. Class fans, nothing imminent, but know that we're working on it. Look at that. Just uh, say something. See something, say something. You want something, say it. Manifest it. Ask. The secret? Is the secret real? I don't know. Maybe. Perhaps. I mean, I've been wanting a new Transformers movie, and I'm getting it. I'm like, oh, I want new Transformers. <laughs> Are you? Uh, looks like I am. From Cree 2 director Stephen Capel Jr. Capel? Capel. Capel. Caplay. He is doing uh, essentially, I guess, the follow-up to Bumblebee. Not necessarily like same characters and all of that, but that is the last Transformers yeah. movie. And Paramount's moving forward with uh, with this one. It's uh, written by... Joby Harold, who wrote Army of the Dead, Zack Snyder's upcoming Army of the Dead, and uh, also James Vanderbilt, who wrote Zodiac. Okay, interesting. Oh, it says here Paramount hired those guys to write two different scripts. Cable is writing the um, Army of the Dead guy script, and it's set to come out June 2022. Transformer series has earned $4.84 billion globally at the box office. Mm, and that's over one, two, three, four, five, six movies, I think. About six movies. 
Big IP. It's a lot of damn movies. So, uh, new Transformers, and do we care? Maybe. I don't know. It all. It really. It all depends on the trailer. It, it's all depends. like if yeah. it's if, it, it if it's just another Transformers movie. But what does like, that mean? There's no reason for it. Just more. Uh, Not exactly. Like the. I mean, that's. I need something new. Like. Mm. A new version of the Transformers, yeah. a new interpretation of what they can or, look like you know, and change into and be. Maybe you know, do like an old man Logan thing with Optimus Prime out in the wastes. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch that. <laughs> Bring back Shia. He's old. He's all gray and haggard. It's just him. Sandwich Wiki. <laughs> we must cross the desert, Sam. Uh, with Netflix, uh, has. Agreed to produce Judd Apatow's pandemic COVID-19 comedy. Okay. Uh, Hasn't even been written, but they're working on it. And they're looking to put together a huge cast. uh, Like huge, big names for every role, etc., etc. Yeah. And like I don't know, do we need a do we need COVID nineteen based entertainment at this point? I mean, we're going on a almost a year into it. Yep. So maybe do we really to process it? Is it part of the processing? I think of so. Dealing with it, of dealing with the trauma of what it's doing to us. Yeah. Uh, we have to find a way to at least laugh at it. Maybe mm-hmm. laugh at the absurdity of running out of toilet paper and people with for no reason at masks all. under their noses and butt diapers. Oh no, chin diapers! My mistake. Chin, chin diapers. diapers. Yeah, I was gonna say butt diapers. That's, that's just, a real thing. Yeah, that, that's just a uh-huh. diaper. Yep. No, chin diapers. That's just my diapy. People just walking around with their mask on their chin. Yeah. What the fuck, people? Get your shit together. Not you guys. Your listeners. You're cool. Your parents. <laughs> Shark Boy, Lava Girl coming back. You ever watch those? Uh, I think maybe the first one. Because I thought it was maybe strange and cool, but then it was way too kitty for me. Too kitty, as opposed to Spy Kids. Yes, which was really riding that line. Yeah, Spy Kids is a. Uh, oh, I can enjoy this and all. Yeah, the I mean, all those weird finger people and the, the, shit. Yeah, the thumb army in the first one. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone's in the third one as a game master. Spy Kid 3D. He's yeah. like, all right, it's in 3D. How about that? That was the first wide release 3D movie since. Uh, Jaws 3D, I think, in like 80-something. Yeah. It's crazy. And it was the red-blue one, so like Headache City. Uh, well, Shark Boy and Lava Girl coming back. Netflix movie. Uh, nah. Yep, they're all grown up. Right? They got a kid called Guppy. And, uh, I mean, it's cool that Robert Rodriguez, is. Uh, he has his own little kingdom of stuff, of homemade, like, Troublemaker Studios, which yeah. is adjacent to his home in Austin, Texas. All his stuff, yeah. I don't like much of it, but mm-hmm. so be it. I appreciate he's doing his thing. I appreciate him doing his thing. I can always just go back and watch Desperado anytime. Yeah, <laughs> I can watch Desperado <laughs> anytime. I don't. I don't need these to be good. I'm fine. Uh oh, with the whole Wonder Woman release thing coming out on HBO Max, they obviously went to Gal Gadot or Gal Gadot and Patty Jenkins put out statements, and both of them and their statements mentioned how um. They're like they hope people take a chance to see how movie theaters, all the steps they've taken to make it clean, yeah. and that they in their statements like we're happy HBO has done this, but also go please. to the theater, please. Yeah. We want to see it in theaters. Yeah. It's, it's very funny. Well, I mean, hopefully people will be a little less discerning than I am, and we'll go to the theaters <laughs> and watch know. this movie. I don't know about that. If you're not into it, then most people aren't going to be into it. Anyway. I mean, there's only so many movies I will you know risk my life for, Chris. But is it risking your life? I mean, yes and no. I mean, yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> I mean, I it is a yes uh, and no. I mean, according to the straight statistics, cases are on the rise again nationwide. So, 
But what about the gay statistics? I don't. I don't know about I don't, that. I'm not. I'm not tapping into those no. either. The promise is the same data. Mm-hmm. They're looking at the same graphics <laughs> as we are. Um, Spike Lee making a musical. Your favorite genre, obviously. He's he's tackling two of your favorite things: musicals and Viagra. He's, okay. He's making a Viagra musical. A full-on Viagra musical. Um, where is it? Where is it? Co-written an untitled script by Kwame Kwaiarma, inspired by an Esquire article called "All Rise: The Untold Story of the Guys Who Launched Viagra." So, of course, I'm sure those guys made a lot of money. Of course, those guys made a lot of money, and of course, they better call this movie "All Rise." Oh yeah. If they don't, that'd be fucked up. Uh, Spike Lee's statement: My father, Bill Lee, jazz folk bassist composer, hated Hollywood movies. Henceforth and whatnot. Me being the eldest of five, I became mommy's movie date. She was a cinephile. Thank you, Lottie. She didn't listen to my ongoing complaints about musicals. So finally going into my fourth decade as a filmmaker, I will be directing and dancing, all singing musicals. Spike Lee joint, and I can't wait. My mom has been waiting too, and that's that Rodgers and Hammerstein truth. Ruth. Man, that was exhausting. Now. He is uh, verbose. He also does the um, the, uh, the 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 uh, Jaden Jaden Smith thing of capitalizing each word. Ah, goddamn! For some reason, it makes it harder to read. <laughs> it's strange. It's like a, it's like a mind trick. It's yeah. Crazy. Um, yes, musicals. Boo! Hate them. I can't wait to see this. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun. Let me know how it, it is. Yeah, it's gonna be ridiculous. It's gonna be absurd. I've given up. I know. That's fine. It's fine. You don't have to. Uh, someone on Twitter tweeted a thing. Can you believe that? Really? Next story. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter, is that what it's used for? Um, Let's discuss. Someone tweeted at Ryan Johnson because now several years later, they're still doing this. Mm-hmm. Someone tweeted, I'm still not over your awful Star Wars entry oh. that shat all over everything. God. I hope one day someone breaks something you cherish, Ryan, and I hope one day you realize what you did and you apologize, in all capitals, every day for the rest of your life. I hope you feel that amount of pain. <laughs> What's wrong with these people? These these the same people that think the episodes one, two, and three are better than anything else. That's possible, yeah. Because it was still George's vision. That's why he did it. It was at least it was still George Lucas. Attack of the Clones is one of the worst movies I have ever seen. <laughs> it's, it's a sedative. I mean, Christopher. In, in all reality, everything up until the fight scene between Anakin and Obi Wan. I actually, uh, <laughs> I know because it opens with a cool fight scene with General Grievous. I like revenge. Oh, you know the general. Yeah. The, some of the some of the Jedi fight scenes are good. I rewatched and, the, that that trilogy. And some of the space violence is great too. But, yeah. Uh, but story wise, no. like through and through, like this the la- stupid well, Skywalker genealogy. Yeah. Fuck it. The the third movie is all payoff of the first two movies anyway. So that's why the third movie is fully, fully watchable. Mm. The first two, man. Sleeps. Many sleeps. Many, many sleeps. Um, and really, I thought Ryan Johnson's was the best of the new trilogy It is anyway. the best. It is by far the best <laughs> because one. Because it, 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 it's the most it, interesting it's one. It's just like Empire. All of a sudden, everything gets fucking really dark. Yeah, it's, <laughs> the, it's the most interesting of the three for sure. Uh, so he tweeted that at Ryan Johnson... For some reason, Frank Oz saw it. And, oh, man. And Frank Oz tweets to this guy. 
It's sad to me that you've harbored this internal darkness for so long about a movie. Ryan is a great director, writer, and human being. Please try to understand that writers and directors are not there to fulfill the audience's expectations. Good work breaks expectations. Uh, For people who don't know who Frank Oz is, he is a Star Wars god. (laughs) Essentially, voice of Yoda. Puppeteer of Yoda, too. Did they yeah. do the puppeting as I well? Think so. I think so. And uh, obviously involved in so many things. So the thing came, came, came for his boy, Ryan Johnson. So he clapped back. Good for him. I wish I had a super popular uh, megastar to to back me up every time. <clears throat> yeah, this guy made, made fun of my... He's good. He made fun of my thing. Uh, we were talking about Tom... Oh, so let's, let's mash a couple things up together. Tom Holland Spider-Man, Daisy Ridley Star Wars, in a movie together called Chaos Walking. Okay. That's a terrible title. Yeah. It's a Doug Liman movie. Okay. Doug Liman famously once said that he finds his movies in the edit. <laughs> like, I don't know what yeah. I'm doing until I can cut it all together. Uh, that works out for your Born Identities, you know, and your uh, Edge of Tomorrows. Doesn't work out for your Jumpers or, you know, no. he's got a few stinkers for sure. And so he has his chaos walking and does definitely lean more towards Jumper status. It's a movie in which uh, uh, Tom Holland, there's a guy named Todd, and he lives on a planet that's, where is it? It's all men. He lives on a planet where women have disappeared. The inner monologues of men are unwillingly audible for anyone to hear. And then Daisy, Daisy really shows up. And that's why all the ladies left. Because if they could see what men think, they would be absolutely disgusted 24-7. Exactly. Just as disgusted as I am with myself right now. And it's uh, yeah. <laughs> the things that I'm thinking about you right now. Uh, it was supposed to come out January 2021. Now, originally, it was deemed um, unreleasable by the studio. And, wow. And they spent... Uh, A lot of money, I'm sure. About three... How much? They spent several million on three weeks of reshoots to try to fix this movie that they deemed unreleasable. And now they're dumping it out during the pandemic. Uh, they just put out a trailer, and I can't wait to see it. All right. Train wreck. Fun. Uh, even though she's supposed to be the only lady it has here in the cast that Cynthia Erivo is also in the movie. Mm-hmm. Matt Mickelson, Damian Bashir, Nick Jonas, Kurt Sutter of Sons of Anarchy, David Oyelowo. He's in it. That's cool. Uh, January 22nd, 2021, Chaos Walking. Yeah. Uh, according to Mel Gibson, Lethal Weapon 5 still in the works. Okay. I mean, if you say so, Mel. Yeah. Thanks, Mel. We appreciate it, buddy. Angelina Jolie to direct Tom Hardy's Don McCullen biopic, Unreasonable Behavior. I don't know who Don McCullen is, but I do know. Oh, here we go. McCullen, six-year career, spans world-renowned coverage of the Vietnam War. Oh, so he's a journalist. Tom Hardy is war journalist. Yep. So Tom Hardy, 70s war journalist, directed by Angelina Jolie. Oh, I'm actually I might have to watch that. Yeah, I'm actually into that. That's a good idea. Uh, her, the movies he's directed have been weird. Uh, In the Land of Blood and Honey was her first one, 2011. That was the Daniel Pearl murder uh, beheading movie where she played the wife of the dude. Uh, By the Sea was the her and Brad Pitt are a, a couple on a, trying to take a vacation from their problems. Mm-hmm. But, oh, oh, shit, our problems have met us here ahead of time. <laughs> 
they, they I guess they flew on a plane and, and they yep. they met us. They uh-huh. they got the hot tub warm. Yeah, they settled in. Um, I don't know what this is. First, they killed my father. It was 2017, and then Unbroken is her biggest movie. That one yeah. about the uh, the dude in the World the War. POW, the POW guy. And man, that was boring. How do you make a boring POW movie? So, uh, yeah, Tom Hardy, Jolie, are working together. All right. We'll see how that goes. Final story, Juicy Cogburn, this is your story. I pulled this for you. I'm also interested in it as well. Uh, DMZ. Mm-hmm. We got a uh, full-on series order. First, HBO had just commissioned a pilot. Mm-hmm. I believe they must have seen that pilot because they have now ordered a limited series. Nice. So, Ava DuVernay's produced yeah. DMZ adaptation for people who don't know. It's about uh, what's going to happen in about a month or so. <laughs> <laughs> when there's uh, a, another American Civil War and uh, New York City is the demilitarized zone. Yep. Yeah, we don't know where the DMZ is actually going to end up being. No. But, yeah, shit's fucked up. Um, in the near future, America is embroiled in a bitter civil war, leaving Manhattan a demilitarized zone, destroyed and isolated from the rest of the world. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, Medic Alma Ortega, series star Rosario Dawson, fist pump, yes, who sets out on a harrowing journey to find the son she lost in the evacuation of New York City at the onset of the conflict, throwing gasoline on the flames. That conflict is Parco Delgado, Benjamin Bratt, playing a, playing a, leader of a gang mm-hmm. <laughs> well this is apocalypse Chris I guess <laughs> I guess it's apocalypse can we throw out the racial rules when it comes to apocalypse <laughs> there, there, there are lots of gangs it's just gangs in New York all right. in 2020 alright alright he wants to rule this new world and will stop at nothing to secure that outcome and this adrenalized and expensive oh expensive that was expensive expensive drama uh, culture divide in America blah blah blah, blah, blah. HBO Max baby yeah, so we're we're following one of the side characters from the, uh, the yeah. comic book series instead of the instead of the journalist who's covering it, yep. who I, will surely be a side character. I'm sure. Instead. Yeah, that'll be for people who are like, oh, if, hey, that, there he is. If you ever see a dude with a hat, you see a dude with a hat and a monkey. Oh, wait, no, no, that's no what, monkey. That's why. I like that. <laughs> uh, dude with a hat so, and a camera. So there we go. DMZ ordered the series. HBO Max gave the answer to your question is HBO Max. Mm-hmm. At least right now, come mm-hmm. back to us in a year. See what happens, and we'll see. We'll see what uh, we'll see what we say about the Paramount movie. I mean, Paramount movie app that's coming. I mean, will we still be alive? Will we still be alive? Come back to a year and check. <laughs> Are we still alive? Uh, we may have Patreon episodes schedule out that far, but we may be dead. Who knows? That's part of the reason why we're trying to yeah, get ahead. Of I mean, we could be at COVID twenty four by then. Uh, yes, COVID twenty four, which is coming next year, but guys. It's a it's a it's a backwards plague. <laughs> that's scary. It's a plague from the future. It's a mix of tenants. With the stand. All right. I'll start writing that. We're going to end this episode. Drew Cogburn, thank you, sir. You're welcome, sir. And uh, listeners, you are welcome for this week's show. We'll be back next week with 412. And that will be our post-Thanksgiving episode. Hey, what does that mean? Nothing. Who knows? No, I'll just full tired of turkey (laughs) by that point. That's all. All right. Adios. A PFT Media Production.